everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by episode 53, and today you're going to laugh a little bit, hopefully. I did while I was doing the interview. My guest is Houston comedian Chinadu Ogu. You've probably seen him on the internet. That's where he really made his name. Now he's doing stand-up shows, not just here in Houston, but around the state, around the country. We have him on Channel 11, Sports Extra Commentary. He's on our morning show, H-Town Rush. Uh, overall, good dude. Just, uh, just a, a testament of working hard and never giving up. I mean, he is a guy that put in so much time and effort to try to make this comedy dream a reality, and he's finally making it. And he tells the story of how he made it in this interview. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, we talk about how he got started. Uh, the origins of his comedy, uh, the low points, uh, about when he lost his job, then he turned to comedy, everything. And and the story about when he made his first viral video is great. Like I said, perseverance is key for Chinadu, and he was uh, he was a great guest to have, so I appreciate him coming on to the show. You'll listen to him here in a few minutes. But first, let's get to the particulars. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't done so already, I appreciate it. We've got a good uh, Rockets breakdown in our last episode with uh, Jackson Gatlin of Locked On Rockets, episode 52. That was some good stuff from Jackson, as always. Uh, So, hey, we're moving right along here, wrapping up another week, and honestly, it does feel like Groundhog Day every day. Uh, We're we're having some kind of crappy weather this weekend. But, man, have you ever had that feeling? Seriously, I think we've all had the Groundhog Day feeling, like the Bill Murray movie, you wake up, and everything's the same every day. I feel like that's what's happening to me now. (laughs) I've kind of gotten into this routine uh, because in my life, this is what we do. So we wake up. uh, My son goes to his little school Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. That's probably going to change soon. He's probably going to go every day as we kind of gradually work him back into – uh, school life after taking a pretty long break there because of COVID-19 and some of the issues surrounding that. So he took a little bit of a break. Now he's going back. He's only four years old, so it's more like a daycare type deal. Uh, but anyway, so we wake up. He goes to school. I try to get some kind of workout in, maybe. Sometimes that doesn't work out. But then as the day goes on, I pick him up. I come back. I do some work. I do some interviews if I'm if I'm working that day. And then from about like 5 to like 9, it seems like every day is the same. <laughs> Because my wife, she's the anchor over at Fox 26, Rashi Vats. I'm sure you've seen her. She's a superstar. Proud of her. I've talked about her many times before. So she's at work now. They've, they've gone back full time for her. So she's at work. So I'm with the kids at home. So it's like every day I'm doing the same routine. And it's, I don't know, it feels like it feels like Groundhog Day, man. Sometimes i got to snap my, myself out of it. Um, because, I mean, I, I, every day is almost the same. I mean, it. Having two kids is a blessing, man. They are great. Love them to death, but boy, they drive me nuts sometimes. <laughs> and you know, the one-year-old, she, she, yeah, you know, she doesn't really know what she's doing. But man, my son Ryan is—he's uh, a handful sometimes, man. He's—he's he's going through this phase where it's kind of like his independent phase, and he's jealous of his sister, like the whole thing, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy in the Goterra house. Uh, but that's uh, that's where I'm at right now. Hey, but this week we actually have some sports news to talk about, not just some games, right? The NFL draft is this week. Uh, we saw the Texans have a great first round. Hey, you can't mess it up if you don't have any picks. It's like that meme, the guy pointing to his head, thinking smartly. You can't mess it up if you don't have picks, and the Texans haven't messed it up because they didn't have any picks on Thursday. They didn't trade for uh, more uh, picks. They didn't. Let go of Deshaun Watson. Don't know if some of the offers weren't coming in or whatever, but uh, that didn't happen, which is unfortunate because there's no point in Deshaun being here anymore. I'm sure all the stuff off the field really, really uh, caused some consternation with other teams as far as trading for a guy like that who's probably going to be suspended. We've talked about that before. But it's unfortunate, right, that all that stuff is going down for many, many reasons. But football-wise, the Texans need to trade him because there's no point in having him here uh, because they're not going to win any games. And so you need as much draft capital as possible. They don't pick until 67. We're going to probably pick up some guys we never even heard of to add to the list of guys that are coming in for the first time. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So we'll see what the Texans do in the draft. 
Uh, we will talk about that next week for sure. I'm going to have uh, some guests on to talk about the breakdown of the uh, Texans draft as we look towards uh, you know the mini camps, the rookie mini camps. However, they can do that. I don't know what the protocols are going to be with that. And then the NFL season starts coming closer and closer. Uh, but the one thing I've noticed in the draft, first, oh, two things, actually. The best thing about the draft, uh, to me, first of all, I love the fact that it's on different locations. Like, they've taken the draft to different cities. I think that's really cool to kind of showcase the NFL in a different uh, in a different light in different cities. I think that's awesome. I hope the draft uh, kind of makes its way down here to Houston. That'd be pretty, uh, pretty badass, actually. Um, but the one thing I've noticed in this draft, and, and we see this every week, and I know sports are like an escape. Right. I, I, I can understand the, the part of, you know, men and women dressing up like colors and wearing all sorts of gear, going to the game, tailgating, all that. But, man, like they show cutaways of fans at the uh, NFL draft, like in full game gear, cheering guys, some of them have, that they've never even heard of. And they're 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 cheering them on like, bro, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you guys are grown men. Not to be like old man yelling at a cloud here or something, but I I don't know. Maybe it's because I've got other responsibilities with the kids and and you know a new house and all the stuff going on in my life. I kind of look at that scenario. I'm like, bro, you you're taking time off work and your your wives are letting you be here and wh- you're dressing up and just yelling at a commissioner and a guy who might not even be there this year, right? Because of COVID, some of these guys, most of these guys are staying at home. They only had like about 13 players there. Uh, at the draft, and uh, they're just yelling, and they just want to get some screen time, I guess. I don't know. It's it's kind of – I laugh at it a little bit because I'm like, oh, my God, man. I want to get to a point in my life where I can just, like, not have a care in the world, show up at the draft, and just, like, yell at a stage. Uh, not at a game, but yell at a stage. I think that's kind of – it's always so bizarre when I see that. But the best part about the draft is seeing the family reactions. Najee Harris – from Alabama, the running back, had the best story, right? So he had his viewing party for the draft at a homeless shelter where he stayed uh, when he was younger as his family was going through struggles. I thought that was just just a really nice gesture from Harris. You know, you see things like that, and, you know, all these young men that are being drafted, and, and it seemed like really good guys, upstanding uh, citizens. Quitty, Quitty, kid named Quitty, who's drafted by the Colts. Was it the Colts? I think it was the Colts. Uh, Quiddy Pace or Quiddy Paul or something like that. He's from Michigan. He uh, was born in a refugee camp in Guinea. Then he came over. His mom working several jobs. Like those types of stories, and you see the emotions and the raw, raw feelings. It, it it's just so cool to me to see that in the NFL draft. And we're gonna see it over the next couple of days too, in rounds two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And hey, shout out to my Northwestern Wildcats. First time in history. They had two players drafted in the first round. Put some respect on that program, people. Northwestern's on the way up. Rashawn Slater, Clements High School kid from right here in Sugarland, Didn't win any games in high school, but he made a name for himself at Northwestern. People started paying attention. And then Greg Newsom, the corner, he's going to Cleveland. Slater's going to the Chargers. Chargers have a couple Northwestern guys. I may, I may have to buy some Chargers gear soon. I may be one of like six people in the country with Chargers gear at this point, but I'm gonna. I'm, I may have to do it. Uh, so congratulations to both of those guys. Okay. Without further ado, let's get to Chinadu. Like I mentioned off the top, Chinadu um, is a great guy. He's got a great backstory about how he's made his name in comedy. He's on tour right now. He's gonna talk about that tour. He's got comedy specials out on the internet. You can go see them. You can go see him in person. You can go check out all his videos. I mean, he's got thousands and thousands of videos. Most of them go viral every time he posts them. He's an H-Town product. I'm so proud of him, and I'm glad he was able to stop by for about 30, 45 minutes to talk to me about his journey, his life. We talk about sports, his takes on that. So we, we cover a whole bunch of things. Here's Chinadu Ogu, comedian from right here in Houston. Chinadu in the house, man. How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. How you been, Dan? I've been good. I've been good. You know, getting my butt kicked by kids under four years old every day here during quarantine. <laughs> but other than that, we're good. I as well. <laughs> and... uh I really, I just call you Dan for the first. I always call you Dan, y'all. So I know, I don't know why I said Dan. We just on top of you. Hey, hey, Dan. I, I, I don't know why. No, I said- <laughs> it's all good. You know what? My last job, everybody called me Dan. So really, yes, yes. My wife didn't really like it after a while, but uh, neither did my parents. But that's okay. I'll let you. I'll let it slide this time. I appreciate it, man. What you got going on in your life? 
What what's going on? Um, currently, uh, we're on the uh, my tour now, the Spec Delay tour. Uh, we uh, uh, we just added some uh, some more out of state dates. Uh, I added um, another date in California, and I added another Atlanta date. So we're able to kind of expand as the world opens up gradually, though. But it's really great. We're doing all over Texas. Uh, we also have my stand up comedy special that just came out, and we are currently in production of filming my first uh, movie. So I'm really excited about it. Wow! So you're not busy at all. Oh yeah, you know I'm chilling, man. I got the feet kicked up, man. You know this is. This is lazy sweat, guys. I don't want you guys to think I'm out here just moving around. This is lazy sweat I'm wiping off here. This isn't, I just, this is, this is, this is just like sugar sweat, man. I'm just out here drinking lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I got to ask you, I, I, every guest that I have on the podcast, I always ask the same question. Can you kind of kind of sum up the journey that you've been on so far in, in your life? And how, how cool is it that you're at this moment doing what you love? Um, honestly, I, I, it's, it's, I, I, I will say it's nothing short of a blessing at all. To be, to be completely transparent, I first really fell in love with comedy when I was like five years old. This was, this was when, uh, to me as a kid, uh, comedy was always like my, my safe space. It was my haven that got me out of my uh, reality. You know, the stuff my parents divorced, growing up in the area we grew up in, you know, we grew up in a really, you know, really rough part of Southeast Houston. You know, the ups and downs of, you know, of not being rich, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got you know, um, yeah, yeah. But, but through all of it, uh, comedy was always my, my escape. It made me feel better. I could always, you know, pull up a, a funny stand-up or a movie and just laugh and laugh and just, it would always make me feel better. It was my medicine. So uh, the sign of comedy at 16, fell in love with it. Uh, I didn't pursue it fully until I was like 25, 25-ish though. Uh, Went to U of H for a few years, though, um, because I want to go to college. And my dad found out I was thinking about not going to college or comedy. Skit, listen, man, I don't know if I could, I don't know if that's limitations of past yet, but he said some things to me, guys. I don't, I think, I mean, I, I think we should get the government involved with these threats. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I was, I was like, Look, you, you really would do that to your son if I don't go to college? You we're going to get to, we're going to get to African dad here in a little bit. Because uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, one of my best friends is from Ghana. Uh, and so I send him your stuff and he just, he, he love it. He cracks up all the time. I'm, I'm telling you, man, cause it's all factual. Like these are, these are our dads guys They're from all from the entire continent from Morocco to Nigeria. These is how our dads act on the same wavelength of everything. So what, so in those early days, I mean, how, you, you talked about some of the struggles that you guys had, just how, how did that make you stronger as a person uh, where you got, where you grew up and, and that comedy, how did that kind of influence you as you kind of uh, lived your younger years? Honestly, um, it grew up, growing up for, for the most part, I knew we were never like, you know, you know, really high, you know, on the top of the hill or anything like that though. But like, I didn't realize like where we were economically really until like middle school. That's when I was like, Oh, well, y'all got, Hmm. So we are, so we're kind of in the, oh, okay. Well, you know, you realize it. Okay. So for me, I, you know, it gave me, um, it was, it's one of those things. It's like, I was aware of my surroundings and things like that, but I always want to make sure I never forgot it though, because there was a lot of rough times and it made you very aware of sometimes where you live at and where you're from will determine the kind of opportunities that we presented to you on the table like that, you know, like for, you know, for career days and things like that, you know, just if you live in different areas, you get a different experience though. Like where I grew up, the experiences I would have would probably be different from a kid that went to a Lamar at the time, you know, different economic areas, but it was just more of awareness to like, you know, I know that I don't have all the advantage though. So you're going to have to work hard. It was one of those, right. Like, really. Okay. This is where you're at. So you're going to have to really like work double time to get to where you want to get to, because there's not that many lanes where you're at to get there though. So you're going to have to work extra hard. So that was really a more of a, the wake up call to, to get to it than, if any, than anything. So your comedy influences back then, what, what did you uh, turn to? What, what were your go-tos? Man, hands down, got to say Sinbad, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy. Those were, those were my guys growing up. Um, just, I mean, hands down, those are all the guys that uh, I'd watch. Of course, you know, us all the greats, the Richard Pryors, the, the King of, Kings of Comedies, the, uh, the, you know, the, um, the Red Foxes, the Moms Mabley's, Mom, Moms Mabley. Uh, you have the, um, oh my God, I am, uh, the I am literally forgetting his name. The George Garland's, you know, I would watch all. Yeah, George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin. George great. Carlin. I mean, just I mean, all spectrums of comedy, all races too. Because I feel, you know, one of my things was always that I felt connected. All of us was, you know, if whether no matter what language we speak, we all laugh in the same language. So I always felt like humor 
can be universal depending on how you do it though. Cause there are certain standups that you'd watch in different language. If you can kind of get the gist of the body language, you'll be laughing too. So mm-hmm. I watched all these different ones, um, Jeff Foxworthy, uh, Ron White, you know, all these different uh, perspectives <laughs> of comedy cause all these different walks of life and you see how we're all different but we find humor in everything, you know? So it was always one of those great things though. So those were my guys. So you went to U of H. I got my uh, Phi Slamma Jamma shirt on. By the yes. way, yes, yes. There you go. Um, so right. Okay. So you said you didn't get into comedy until you're 25. What What'd you go to school for? What'd your dad <laughs> tell you to go to school for? <laughs> what? Uh, so what was your initial plan? Um, my uh, okay. Well, fresh out of uh, off of uh, high school graduation from Chavez High School, 2005. Um, I was getting ready to, I was, I was going to take like six months. I was going to do six months. I was, I was planning on going to U of H. I was, I was accepted to U of H. I already set up my financial aid. But I was going to start in the spring. I wanted to take a semester to see if I could do it. I was going to put my, my, my hand in stand-up, do some uh, do some open mics, travel to different places, try to work on it. And also, uh, my junior, senior year, I hosted the talent show in my high school. And me, myself, and a good friend named Christopher Rodriguez, he owns something, he owns a company called OC Films now. But he was uh, the the uh, the uh, president of the AV Club. That's what they called it back then. Yeah, make videos. That's, that's right, AV Club. <laughs> <You're> AV Club. <laughs> I, know, I, remember, I remember that. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. So it was called AV Club though. So uh, I remember we uh, we would make funny skits before the talent show would start. That would be like the intro of it. So we would do we were doing videos back then, kind of we were kind of full circle in, uh, in in the long run. But that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to like do stand up and make skits because that's when Chappelle show was really hot and this new app that came out called MySpace has just came out wow and it was like you could put videos on here and I, I was seeing people post videos on there and they were like doing well and there was another thing called facebook but i didn't have that because at the time you had to be in college to have facebook at that time this was mm-hmm. i know it sounds crazy to somebody some of the younger people though but <laughs> you had to have about a, five-year-olds five-year-olds have facebook profiles at this point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be in college back in 2005 to have one so mm-hmm. i was focusing on that but um my dad entered my, my dad found out scared the, the Jesus out of you know, scared me straight, kind of scared me out of my dream. Like, you know, he's no stability in this now. You need to go out and get your college degree before you end up in these streets. You know, you know, you're scared in these streets now. You'll be, you know, he, he, he you know, his voice and place in the streets. You know, he said like that. Well, oh my God, you know, I don't mean, I don't <laughs> right. want to be in the streets. Like, oh man, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do it. He's scared of you. So uh, I went to U of H. Uh, I majored in business and psychology. And I do not regret going to U of H at all. You know, I met a lot of amazing people there. I met my wife there. And, oh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. Don't regret it all, man. Go Cougs. Bleed red for life. This is this is who I pay loans to, okay? So we're, we're, we're <laughs> together, okay? So we're bonded, though. So uh, I went to U of H. Um, I felt like that was the, the, the stable route until, um, I, until I got laid off from my job. You know, I was like, wait, what? You know, my job ended up downsizing. And so I ended up being laid off. And this is after I've gotten married and all that. And so I'm like, so I went to, went to college, got all them college hours and credits and certifications and all that and end up unemployed anyway. What right. were you doing when you graduated? What, 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 what did you end up doing? Oh, well, I was working at the time. I was working as an ABA therapist at the time. So uh, that's how I was using my, uh, my, uh, my psychology degree. I was, I was putting it to work, you know, because I, I ain't gonna lie. I was just like, what can I do with a psychology degree? I was honestly asking myself that. And I felt like I was lucky that I fell into something that was related to the field. Cause you know, and most people in college who, uh, some people don't want to admit, I'll admit it. You, you, you struggle trying to sometimes find justification for what you majored in and you get real nervous about it going into the real world. And you just, cause it's like, you're, you're like, you spent all this money at this point, you've invested so much. You have to come out with something related to it or you feel like you failed. You know, you're, right, you're right. 23 years old, 24, feel like you already failed life. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Not a good start. Not a <laughs> good start. Yeah, and so you feel you feel that way. So um, I got I was laid off, and um, I was sitting at home, and I was like, I can. And my dad was like, You need to go get your master's. And I was like, I'm not. No, no, no more money. No. I'm not spending yeah. any more money. Exactly. I'm not going to any more debt. Like that's not the solution. Okay. Right. To get out of a hole, you don't just dig deeper. You know, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I told myself, I was like, You can either do this grad school thing. You could. Uh, man, I had my old GMAT book in here too, man, because I was I was thinking about getting my MBA at one point. I had I, I still had that book. Or I was like, I could take this couple hundred dollars you have, you can get like this old camera, you know, this and this and this raggedy HP laptop you have. And you could try making YouTube videos, pick up your old stand-up jokes, and try what you want to do. Because I ain't gonna lie, every day I was in college, I thought back to me hosting the talent show. It wasn't like me playing on the high school memories. I accepted I moved off from high school. It wasn't even it wasn't that. It was just right. that moment that I enjoyed 
doing stand-up because I, I hosted the show. So I did stand-up all throughout the show. I was doing my routine, making laughs and all that. And, and I was like, that's what you really love. And I, I mean, it kept coming back over and over again. I knew it wasn't, I miss high school. I did not miss high school. You know, I'm, I like being a, I like being an adult, okay? <laughs> no, no, I, know. I didn't jump to that. When you were telling the story, I didn't jump to, oh, man, this guy missed high school that much. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but like, it, was those, it was those memories that just kept coming back. And I was like, there's something to this, man. Like, you wouldn't be thinking about this for years if it wasn't something to it. And right. it's like, so I'm like, give it a try. And so um, I started making videos in 2012. And I, I told myself to make videos at least three times a week, at least three every week. And I did that for five years and so uh, 974 videos later that's when i got my first viral video and um and all the shows i was doing stand-up shows you know across the city and everywhere else though you know some you know some did well you know most didn't nobody really coming to me you know no one really knew who i was and yeah. so uh the video i made about being from houston that one went viral and that was april 4th 2017 never forget it never forget it. i made the video I made the video. I got in trouble uh, at work because um, I, I was supposed to have been at work at three o'clock, but uh, I, I, I had to work late to make that video work because I had a lot of special effects in the video and sound effects. I was like, I got a, I had a feeling about the video because it was a hashtag going on called I'm from Houston. And I wrote this script about a video called I'm from Houston like a year ago. I was like, oh my God, this could be divine intervention. I was something like that. I was like, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so the job I had at the time at the school district I worked before after school. I was like a tutor. I would come to the school at 6 a.m. and I would stay there from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'd help the kids with their homework, get them set up and all that, and uh, get them off to class. And then I would leave there from 9 to 2. I would write my comedy. Uh, I'd work on my videos, work on my set, try to build shows and all that kind of, and, and all that. So all the comedy business. Then from 3 to about 7, I'd go back to the school district so I'd get at least a good six or seven hour workday in. And then from 7 to about 10, I would go home, you know, eat, and then try to do a comedy show. And I would do that every day for five years. And then that day, it took me extra long time to do that video. I was supposed to have been there at 3 o'clock. I got to my site at, like, 5.30. And uh, that day, I was getting inspected. So all the supervisors Ooh. were there. The managers were there. It was so bad. I got, in, I, I got written up. It was so bad that, like, even my bad kids were acting good. They were like, man. Mr. Oh man, like, Mr. Oh my name. <laughs> hey, you know we told him you real cool, man. You like you real. I was like it's cool. I, <laughs> but like, it was, thanks, for, thanks for having my back, guys. Thank you yeah. for having my back. Like thanks, but I got home and that video had one hundred eighty thousand views. In, in like, one day. In one day, in like in a couple hours, and then like wow. within one day it hit a million views. And after that, all the videos I made for all those years, they all started going viral too. So videos I had made in two thousand fourteen that had forty views. Now I had 80,000 views. Wow. And so like, like, like they were watching everything, like my old web series, old African dads, old show reviews. And I mean, it was just, and people were just like, you have so many videos. I've been binge watching for weeks. I'm like, you Yo, had 900 something video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, they were going on I me mean, like, and I was getting notifications from videos that I forgot I made in like 2012, old scandal review videos, uh, old empire review videos. I'd make skits. Uh, just, I mean, just, all kind of like old videos I, I forgot about. And I'm like, y'all are watching all this stuff. And from there, they uh, saw the videos and then they saw my promotions about me doing stand-up comedy. They're like, oh, you're a comedian? I'm like, yeah, I'm a comedian first, actually. I'm a stand-up yeah. comedian. They're like, oh, well, where are you performing at? So I did my live shows. And when I finally got my night, the improv. The improv is what really is what helped me, though, because in our city, we don't have many comedy clubs. No, so, that's right. you know, now, although, you know, I do my own shows. I, I rent my own venues now and things like that, though. But for people at that time, I needed them to see me at the improv because that's where people go for comedy. That's what they think of first. So when I got my night there, my show sold out in like a couple of weeks. They were like, Chin, you're so sold out. Sold it out on a Sunday night. And then from Sunday there, night. it was off. I launched my tour. And that first tour, we did 43 shows all over Texas, and they all sold out. Could you believe it was happening at the time that it was going down? Like... You had worked so hard. You had made so many videos to get to this point, and it's finally happening for you. What was your What was your mindset? What was your thought process? I, I'm sure you had a lot of stuff just going. You got to make sure everything's good and and lined up. But just deep down inside, it it must have been such an overwhelming feeling, right? It it it, it definitely was. Um, at that time, I was. I, I still couldn't believe that it happened because, you know, every day you dream about all these things, everything that was happening in that moment, 
me going out and people just people freaking out because they saw me they're like oh my god it's you gotta get a picture i'm like yeah you know so all these things and i you know i get notifications that people buy my tickets and all that and i'm people wanting to interview me i mean i'm on these i mean being recognized like across the state and the country so it was crazy and to me like at that time too i, I was already 30. And for me, like a lot of people, you're like, well, I'm gonna keep working on this. And when I'm 30, I'm gonna just get a real job. And right. I was already 30, closer to 31 with a baby on the way. And so for me, I felt like my orbit of comedy was like changing. I had to, like something needs to give because when you have, you know, you have a kid, you know, it's not just about your dream anymore. You have a kid, you know, being married is one thing. You know, <laughs> you guys can work it out. You know, y'all can eat cereal. You know what I mean? That's fine. You know, we'll see you for dinner, no problem. We have a kid, it's a whole different thing, insurance, diapers, every, you know, every, you know, everything, you know, and uh, so for me, I, I felt so blessed and fortunate, though, I was like, it happened at the perfect time, because, you know, my daughter was, you know, was on the way, I was able to really work and do the tour and build my brand up and establish myself, because now, you know, I mean, no, 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 God willing, no, I'm speaking to, I'm going to be here for a long time, I'm believing that, right. uh, but I'm thankful now, because of all that work and things put in place, my daughter's not going to know me as the guy who was working at the school district while he's trying to build comedy, she's going to know me as this, as a comedian who she sees on TV every week and who's doing shows. And when we go out to places, people want to take pictures with her dad. Like that's who she'll know. And that's just a blessing to me, honestly. And so it was just, it was so overwhelming. I mean, at that time, I just, I really could not believe it. I would pinch myself a lot. Like, bro, they really are rocking you. My name is Chinadu. Like I was like, people, are saying my name clear as a bell, okay? People would <laughs> yeah, never, right. say my, <laughs> never say my name that accurately. And it's like, it's, it's happening. So it was, it was amazing. Um, so every comedian's got their own style, right? Everybody's got, so how did you come about your style? Um, obviously taken from other people and just kind of forming your own thing. But if somebody's never seen you, uh, which would be shocking here in Houston if somebody's never seen you because you're everywhere, um, uh, so, <laughs> so what would you tell people that your style of comedy is? Um, honestly, my style, I, I feel the best type of comedy is just, is like self-reflective, your life. I, um, my comedy is all about my life, my childhood, my family and life experiences and just my perspective. Cause I feel, especially in comedy, people still jokes a lot. All right. There's a lot of joke thieves in this industry. You know, we could talk for hours about it. You know what I mean? But but is this for me? I'm was, not gonna. I'm not gonna have you give examples. Yeah. <laughs> Start throwing people under the bus here. Yeah. The phone call. Did you get your new signals? But uh, but for me, I was felt um, that's like the best way to give the most authentic material and be able to really connect with your audience. So because I feel I just talk about my life. You know, being you know growing up with my uh, having a Nigerian dad, African American mom. You know, I grew up in a, uh, I spent my teenage years growing up in a predominantly Hispanic area. So just learning that culture, you know, while, while also maintaining mine from different, two, from two different perspectives too. And this how I just saw life. So just my family, my life, because I feel is the best way. And, you know, I feel I, I never run things to talk about because there's just so much I write about. It's just literally just about my everyday life, my friends, family, parenthood. I, I feel that's the best way. Because I feel when you write about other things like that, you force it, it doesn't come out funny. Like, just naturally, what happened to your day to make you laugh? And I feel that's what really makes my audience connect with me. And one of the funniest things that you do, we brought it up already, is African Dad. Oh, yes. Uh, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, what, is, what is your dad's reaction? Does he watch your videos? Like, what, what are you thinking here? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it's in the back of my mind when I'm like, okay, th this is amazing, and I'm laughing my head off, but what does his dad think? Man, let me tell you, I, uh, the, <laughs> my dad actually, he didn't know I was doing African Dad videos for, like, probably a good year. He didn't know until, uh, until my younger siblings, uh, when my, uh, when my parents divorced, my dad remarried when I was, like, 17, 17 years old, so he had, so he remarried and had three more kids, so I'm around 20, five at the time, 26. My siblings are about nine, maybe 10, something like that. They're around that age level. So they're watching my videos. I think so. I think my math might be a little off, but I think that they're about eight. I think they're about eight, eight, nine years old, somewhere, somewhere around that range. So they're on YouTube because kids are so super savvy. I don't know oh, yeah, how they're they 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 locked in, man. Yes. I didn't know I was Facebook friends with one of them. I didn't know they had an account. I was somehow friends with one of them. I was sharing my videos, one of my African dad, and they saw me playing it. 
and they know that's our dad. They they know. <laughs> it's like they know who I'm who I'm imitating. They know who I'm imitating. So they're cracking up, laughing in the room. They're watching all the videos. And my dad comes in. What what the, what is all this noise? What 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 are you watching? Is that you? No, that's my that's my nigga. He calls me Chief. My nickname is, is that you? Is that what what is he doing? You know, and my dad. You know, I, I, you know, you know, he just look at the screen. Calls the phone too. Come to this office. I'm like, okay, pop what's up. I come in. I come in to, to, to like the sound of my video playing. I'm oh like, oh god. At that point, at that point, you knew you're like, ooh. Yeah. I was like, so I can, and I was like, so I'm, I'm sure I know why I'm here. Like, so this is what you are doing now. You want to tell jokes on the, on the, on, you want to tell jokes on the, on the, on the computer screens. I was like, yeah. He's like, so tell me a joke. And I was like, yeah, I was. On the spot. <laughs> I was like, for real? He's like, tell, no, tell me a joke. I was like, you want me to do a stand-up set? So like, I legit did, I, I did a five-minute stand-up set. I did it right in front of him as if I was like at a comedy club and like I paused for wow. cues and all that. My dad was sitting there just, so this is how you plan to take care of your life? Is this your plan? I was like, yeah. Hey, you need to get your master. So whenever I say, where's your man? Like, that's where all that comes from. My dad right. wasn't really on board with that. And so for a good five years, he was like, no, you don't need to be doing this nonsense. Now you need to get a good job. You need to, to go and focus, you know? So but when the videos went viral and people in the Nigerian community started watching it and started seeing African dad and, and then some of the more prominent Nigerian comedians talking like, yo, this guy's hilarious. Like people that I know he watches, that he sees, they're like, you know, so play, he plays your video now. And I was saying that you're my son. And I told him that, you know, you're my son, you know, I met you. And I, you know, I was like, yeah. And then with open arms, just come yeah, on here. <laughs> and I, I in real talk, this, this is, this isn't a plug because, you know, because, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're on the same network though. But when I joined KHOU, when I joined yeah. KHOU to my dad, when my dad, listen, no joke, my dad, you are working with all of these good white people. Hey, look at this. Look at my son. Look at him. And he saw me on the morning show. And yeah. on sports station with you and Jason, all that. Look at my son. Give him play by play. He was, he was. <laughs> that is amazing. That is a great story. So he was, uh, so uh, now, uh, I want to say for the past four years, he's been completely on board. But that first five, yeah, I was. Rough though, but I feel with any parent though, you know, they want you to do what they feel is best. And for my dad, I had to prove that this is what I wanted to do. And sometimes with a lot of parents, you know, we have, you know, I, I have a tough, I have a tough love dad. Honestly, it's like there's no hugs like that, like that. You're gonna, you, if you say you want to do something, you have to prove it. And right. so, you know, to my dad, you have to, so you have to stand up, be a man. You can't cower because that's your dad. You have to stand up and be in, and stand up, and be a man, stand on your dream, and go forward. And and my dad told me, he said, that's what he respected. And when I really, when I finally did my first uh, major show, uh, I rented out Memorial Auditorium. We had a thousand people in there for my uh, stand-up special taping. And he okay. was there. He saw the whole crowd and all that. And he was like, no, that's what he told me. I really respect you, son. Like, you, you stuck with this. He's like, I didn't think you could do it. He's like, I don't think you're funny. He's like, but thank you. So that's enough on me. So I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank that's right. You. That's really cool, man. I, I I love hearing stories like that when you when you go through all the struggles and the and all the uh, all the tough times, then you finally, man, you finally break through. And your videos, I mean, now what are you averaging now per video? Because I think you posted on Instagram, YouTube. I'm so I'm sure it's now it's huge. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's, it's honestly a lot. I want to say we reach about I'll say we reach about a from about two to four no, say probably about three to five hundred thousand people a week. Across the platforms, wow! So between the Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, um, Snapchat. Oh, you're on TikTok too, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on every platform. You gotta be. I'm on everything. Facebook. I'm on. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, uh, if they bring back MySpace, I'll be there too. I'll I'm sure you'll it. still have that same friend that everybody had. What was his name? Oh, Tom. Said. Tom. Tom. Yeah, that guy was like that. <laughs> Good old Tom, man. But um, but I remember uh. Because, you know, of course, I, the uh, the uh, algorithms changed online with Facebook, whatever. Because I remember uh, there was there was a point uh, that my videos would get like three million views in like a day, you know. But the algorithms do change online, things like that, and platforms change. People people switch accounts and all that though. But across all platforms, though, my videos still hit they hit crazy numbers still, like hundreds of thousands to the millions, and I'm very thankful for that, honestly, because it's a uh, it's very difficult because I felt like I spent so long trying to be seen. 
-hmm. And now that they see me, I'm not going to waste their time. That's why we post videos every day. We're going to tour. We make content. We're making videos. You see me making, you see me on Sports Extra every week. I will yep. be on there. I will see me on the morning show. I am not going to waste anything. We, I need, because it's a, I just, I honestly, I think back to when I was starting and how I would like pray for all the things that I'm doing now. And that was always like the big thing for me. Yeah, they got, I'm doing an interview. It's, it's my wife, right? Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. Look back once out of the people we're doing the interview. Come on, come on. Come on. This is Dan. This is Dan Protect. Come on. Hi, how are you? I come in. It's too late, my baby. I'm just trying to poke my head in. A rock from already left. This is real life, guys. We, we're not going to put up this. This is okay. good. No, I like it. This is, this is what a podcast is all about. I mean, real yeah, life. Real uh, life. Well, hey, look, luckily you're from Houston. You got a lot of content to talk about, whether it's from where you grew up, the different neighborhoods that are here, uh, the sports teams. So, I mean, you got something every day to talk about, right? Endless. And it's like, and, and, and what's, what I love too is that, like, like even because, you know, I do content about all other things, too, training topics, everything like that, though, but. Just my Houston content, just just Houston and Texas in general, it's endless. Like, I mean, just right I'm now. Sure those are your most popular videos. Oh, they are. Like, hands down. Like, my like my, my Houston, Texas videos, those are the ones people love the absolute most. Like, when I give my play-by-play -play on on sports, and honestly, too, I'll be real. Um, I give uh, I got to give my big credit to, to Jason. Like, he, uh, when I when I was reviewing, when I was doing my text review videos, my astral review videos, he saw those and he was the one like, hey man, would you uh would be interested in me on um having the air on sports section? I was like, Yeah, yeah. So yeah. always Jason's my guy. All right, I love love you, Jason. If you're watching, man, love you, man. All right. <laughs> but um, but those but those videos, they did so well, and it was just it was just perfect timing because 2017, it was the year, I mean, not I mean, it was a we had unfortunate events though, but that was a year. Houston was in the forefront of a lot because that was your Harvey hit. Yep. And I did videos. I mean, and at that time I was shut in too. So all I could do is make videos about what I was going through. And those hit millions of views because I was talking about what we're all going through and everyone could relate. I mean, we're sitting oh, in the yeah. house and we're like, we're doing bad right now. I mean, all you can do is laugh. I mean, that's all we could do. We're in a curve. Back to your initial, the, your, your initial point, right? About comedy, man. Everybody's got the same language. Laugh, laughter is yeah. the same language, right? And, and, like, and we all, and we all had that in common. I mean, you all laugh. We're all sitting in it. And then that same year, the Astros won the World Series. And that's when I started doing my Astros re review videos for their postseason. I started doing it right at the start. And the first video I did for the Astros video hit like 3 million views. It got shared on all these different sports sites and yeah. the, memes, the memes I would make. You know, I, I like talking trash, okay? I do. I no, do. Yes, you do. You do. You do yes, it well, I, I feel like. You, you, rep Houston, you rep Houston, you do it well. Yes, and I think it's to him. I will live. I will live and die by it. Okay. It I know. Every losing. time I, I was waiting for your videos all the time. Like, okay, so the game one happened. So now game two, and you're always like game two. Yes. <laughs> Astros win. And if we lost, Astros I, win. Yeah, we. And I said, I told myself, win or lose, I'm gonna make them every time. And for me, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to pair myself with at that time. Like when people see these games, I don't want them to go to ESPN first. I want them to go to me first. Yeah. I want them to see me first. And then, so I'm watching the game while I'm filming. So I'm watching the game right here. I'm writing content. I got to be fast because the game's over. So by the time the ninth inning hit, I had everything enough. I'll, I'd make two. I would. I'd make a one if we won and one if we lost every time. Because you have to, because for you gotta, what I You got to cover your bases. You got to cover bases. And you got to put in that overtime if you want to be seen the way I wanted to be seen. I'm like, so win or lose, I've made enough. Well, I made a video where I talked about the mistakes the Astros made and the stuff that they did great. So if they won or lost, they were ready. By the time we got to the middle of the ninth, they were both done and loaded. I had, had to get one more joke in there to seal the video. But whatever happened, within two minutes, my video's up and they see it. And a lot of people are like, yo, you're so fast. They get it done. And you build that rapport with your audience. They're like, yo, he's going to have it up. So when you build that up, algorithms or not, they're going to look for you. So that's what I wanted to build up for myself. So that's why that year, particularly with Houston, such an amazing, amazing year in terms of like uh, viral content for me. We had a good run there for sports. Now we're uh, now, not, not, not so hot. Not, Ooh, listen, not, man. man. <laughs> not so hot right now. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so can't. I had to be real honest. I couldn't tell you who's on the Rockets right now. I couldn't tell you who's on the Texans right now. I couldn't, like... And I, and I told some people, too, they were like, you know, when I'll, I'll be glad James Harden's gone and this and this and all that. And, like, and I, I can understand that, but he was still a star. 
Like that was the attraction, star power. And we don't have anybody on there. John Wall is out. And I think we've seen him in a rock uniform for probably the last time. I'm not gonna lie. I'm be that's what I, I think. I actually don't want to see him in another <laughs> in another <laughs> game. No, we're good. No. <laughs> John, John, thank you. Thank you, John. We're we're good. I appreciate yeah, we're, it. Just yeah, yeah, thanks. No, no, you you, you 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 can keep the uniform. You can keep it. We're not gonna we're not gonna That's hang right. it up anything like that. We won't be. <laughs> we won't be hanging that one up. Don't worry about that. You know. So what's but, your assessment on the Texans then? Give me your give me your breakdown. This is your on the spot comedy routine for the Texans. Let's do it. There's a lot of content there, a lot of material to go oh, through. Yeah, um, first things first, man. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna make a lot of situation on man, but whew, Lord have mercy, Deshaun, you stay off social media and you do whatever your lawyer says, you are in quite a situation i ain't gonna get you know i know it's, it's you know it's very delicate that's why i'm gonna tread lightly on it but boy deshaun you just stay off internet do whatever he said you you whoo, whoo, okay and uh, <laughs> the yeah. rest of the team is like the new coach if i'm him i'm gonna need a long-term deal because right now with no picks and no real movements in the draft that i've seen it's gonna be struggle bus for a couple of seasons though. So I'm gonna need a guarantee. And I'm gonna be here for a couple more seasons so I can make this work. Cause right now, like this is this is like what this is like, I mean, I wanna say struggle bus, but I mean even struggle bus has a good engine. We don't have a good engine. I mean, we're <laughs> like, we don't even like have that. It's like right now as a whole, it you know, it 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 bothers me because sports is a lifeblood of our city and business too. Like there are vendors who need this parking attendants, people who put on watch parties and all kinds of things. They People make money off these games, you know, whether it's, you know, through the NFL or on their own, but regardless, it's how people take care of their families. So when you basically fumble our whole team, O'Brien, for a handful of magic beings like this, it makes me quite upset to see that, I mean, we're in a bad situation with no players and you're not even here to take for me to like make fun of. Like, it makes me upset. Uh, he's your guy. I, I, you love going after O'Brien. I, I know that. It was so much. Listen, it was just so just mm, mm, because like it was one of those things that <laughs> was easy. he's like putting it on a tee, hitting yeah. a home run. And like it don't matter what your political affiliation was or whatever your religious background, everybody who was a Texan fan did not like O'Brien. That was a commonality I could bring all of us together on because you just sit down, you watch how he just ruined the he ruined the whole team, a promising team like. I would never say they were going to win Super Bowl, nothing like that, you know, basically because you, you can't, you never know who will win or like that. Right. But I felt like they were on the way to something. Like, I felt like it was something that they were building. And now it's, it's a mess, man. I saw JJ when JJ left and he made that video. He said, I want this to come for me. I was like, yes, yeah, it. I made videos predicting that. I was like, it's over. He's yeah. gone. Um, will Fuller will probably not be back. Um, he, I mean, probably not. It's a wrap. And after that, I don't know who's on our team. I mean, this really could be like the replacements from that movie. I don't know. Oh, we've got to sign Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Bring, listen, we got to bring Keanu Reeves in. Let's bring in Denzel Washington from Remember the Titans. Yeah. He brought, listen, he fixed that whole community from racism. He won a championship. <laughs> and yeah. then like two hours. That is what we need right now. <laughs> no draft picks. Oh, man. No draft picks, man. No draft picks. But he's uh, uh, no, I, I want to ask you, obviously, we talk about your videos a lot, and they're a lot of fun to watch, but what's that feeling like for you to be on stage uh, in your tour? Uh, because that, that's, that's where a comedian really thrives, in front of his audience, and I, you know, judging by, I need to go to one of your shows. I, I need to check one of your shows out. I have not been to one of your shows, but that's where I, I feel like you really thrive. I mean, that's where you have a lot of fun. Honestly, that's, that's, that's the truth. Um, my favorite place in all of entertainment is to be on the stage. Like stand-up comedy is who I am at my core. That's who I am first from for everything. Um, I felt like uh, being a, being stand-up comedy is what allowed me to extend to other things. I mean, things that I do on Sports Extra and on, on H-Town Rush, I mean, the, the being a T personality and making videos, it's all, it all extends from being a stand-up comedian. And that's my favorite thing to do in the world. So um, the fact I remember when the when the pandemic first hit, it was so rough because at that time, and like I don't mean to bring it down or like that, the ones be real, but like at that time, my opener comedian Justin Thompson, he had passed away last year, Super Bowl Sunday, like a week before the tour started, he passed away. Oh no! Very, very unfortunate, man. He passed away Sunday. We buried him Wednesday, and that Thursday, I flew out to LA for my first show of the tour, and I thought that that would be the worst thing that was going to happen that year. And then, like, three weeks later, the pandemic hit. 
And so, mm-hmm. like, I had um, – that was my first nationwide tour I had planned. I sat down, uh, you know, all the venues across the country. I was supposed to be on tour from Valentine's Day all the way through New, uh, New Year's Eve. So every weekend or every other weekend, I was on the road. And we're going to be – and it was across the country. Um, and at the time wow. that the pandemic hit, uh, Phoenix had just sold out. And I was so excited. Phoenix, Arizona had sold out. Chicago was halfway sold out. New York was selling well. Uh, I did great in L.A. Um, I, and I was about to add, you know, I was, you know, it was expanding outside of Texas. And I was like, yo, we're, yo, Chin, you're, you're doing it. And then mm-hmm. pandemic hit, and I had to cancel my whole tour, refund all those tickets. And I list, man. Man, what, what the heck, man? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was. Boy, man, I was, I'd be so pissed. I yeah, would be so man. pissed. Man, I was like, y'all, we really can't. And because like, I mean, and it was like, like literally, like within a three day span, every venue calling me, boom, 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 boom. Hey, man, sorry, gotta cancel, gotta cancel, gotta cancel, gotta cancel. I'm just like, oh god. So um, I, I canceled the tour. I had to cancel. So I didn't tour for like six, seven months. And um, and when I came back, you know, I I canceled the tour in March. I started my tour back up in like late August. It was a limit, you know. But of course, it was a limited seating tour though. So mm-hmm. instead of the Instead of the two, 300-seaters, the 500-seater venues that I was doing, the 1,000-seater venue I just did in Houston, we're doing 20 to 50 people. And, you know, and it's a big difference, though, but I'm grateful to be able to do the stand-up, though, because in that limited seating, people come out, I still get the laughs, and it actually helped expand my, you know, creativity in terms of, like, how I'm going to present myself, though. So that's where I came up with the online experience, though. So what I would do is I would do my shows in front of 20 people, but I would stream it for people over the internet though. So they could buy a ticket to watch it online, you know, like an online pay-per-view. So Perfect, I did yeah. that. And from there, that's when I, that's when I really hit a whole new base of international viewers. So I did, I did my first, uh, laughter healing, the online experience. I think we sold, I mean, we sold about I think two or 300 tickets outside the country. There are viewers that are watching that wow. one from here. I have people from Morocco, from Canada, from Mexico. Like I, you know, and I, and I do like I, I do know I have a fan base in Nigeria. I do know that. I, do I was gonna know. say, I'm sure, I'm sure you, they're they're tuning in. Yes, I had I had I had a lot of people from Nigeria watching. It was like, y'all come, y'all finally been able to see, you know, because I, I I never did a show over there because you know, it costs a lot to tour international. You know? So 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 oh, grip. Yeah, it's a grip. So the fact, and I had people all over the world who had been wanting to see me for years, and so. That made me realize, you know, man, it's it's you know, it, you're, it's not just Texas, and it was one of those things that the pandemic showed me, like, Shin, you you're reaching more people than you realize, and so it it gave me more motivation to continue to work harder to reach them and to do the online shows the way I'm doing them, and 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 also just uh, you know, and just all, all that just and maintain the same comedy I'm doing though, but in different platforms for different people, and it, it worked out great. Like the online experience was amazing, and I just. I don't want to thank the pandemic though. Pandemic needs can catch these hands because they, I owe man, I owe okay. But through that, um, it did teach me how to how to be resourceful and use yeah. the internet in that lane though. Because uh, comedy, uh, honestly, even though the pandemic is over, there are certain comedy venues that are not going to come back. Um, like restaurants. Yeah, back. yeah, they're they're gone, and it's 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 very sad, but it it. It's a reality, so um, I'm just very thankful I was able to navigate through this difficult time and still, still be here and still, still work, still thrive. Well, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're still going strong. So we could see you on KHOU. We love having you on KHOU. Absolutely, Sports right. Extra. Uh, we need a draft video take after the like four players that they're going to take. Nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we did <laughs> we, we about to have some guys we never heard of taken this weekend. So. Exactly. They're like, you got who? Hey, yeah, uh, we got new equipment manager, man. Got new washing machine, man. We got good stuff. I was like, Whoa. in fact, in the seventh round, they're probably going to take a washing machine. That's it. That's right. It's going to be left. So we can see you on H Town Rush. We can see you on Sports Extra. How else can people get your content? You, you teased it a little bit earlier, but tell us a little bit before we wrap up here where, uh, what you got going on and uh, where, can, where can we see you? Uh, you, uh, you can, uh, like I said, you can always catch me, of course, on KHOU, like you said, uh, H-Town Rush, uh, Sports Extra. And every now and then you'll see me on Great Day Houston. Every now and then you'll see me on you know, spring, you know, the, uh, spring, you know what I'm saying? A little, you know what I'm saying? A little Tony's on there. Like, you know what I mean? That's right. Like that. 
I have a Tony special. You look like that. So, uh, but uh, I'm on tour. Expect delays. You can get tickets at my website, chinadoogoo.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace, TikTok. I'm on all social media platforms. All my info's there. Uh, I have, uh, I recently just released my third stand-up comedy special, Laughter is Healing. It's a really good special. We have sold copies in 40 states, nine countries, guys. Laughter is healing. Where got the left? Do I have a picture of where? Let me give you the picture right now. Okay. Boom. Thursday special, Laughter is Healing. That's the cover, guys. It's available okay. for you guys right now. Um, very funny. Family friendly, too. Watch the kids. And okay. also in my uh, current tour, Expect Delays is going on right now. We're on the road through December. Um, we're all over Texas, and we also have Los Angeles, Atlanta, and we'll be adding a few more out-of-state dates soon as more vaccines roll out. I'm vaccinated now. I'm fully vaccinated now, so more as we expand more, we're going to be out there more, you know? Perfect, perfect. Well, I got a kick out of, before we go, I, I got a kick out of your Peppa Pig video. Oh, your, your, <laughs> I don't even know if it was a video, but I think it was one of your stand-up <laughs> moments, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I went through my... Pe it was on that. Okay. I went through my Peppa Pig phase two here at the house. And uh, yeah, it's something. Paw Patrol. I'm sure you did yeah. Paw Patrol. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, Paw Patrol. Uh, my, in, uh, in my current stand-up, I talk about, I talk about uh, Doc McStuffins. That's, that's, that's the new one now. I have not gotten that one. No. Lord, man, you listen. It is insane how these things happen. Like, my daughter was literally saying, oh, Dad, can you pass me a cutter? Like a cutter. A knife? <laughs> and we're getting gas. We're like, yes. Dad, you need to stop and get some petrol. It, no, don't. It's no, gas. It's, it's gas. Yeah, I'm like, don't do it. It's pepper pig. Like, yeah, but it's a real. And yeah. I felt, and again, too, I felt, uh, you know, parenthood, we all relate to it. So I'll, a lot of my uh, laughter family people who had kids are like, yo, I relate so hard because it's it's real life. It's real life, man. Well, Chinadu, thanks, man. As always, appreciate it. And um, God bless you and good luck. I need to make it to one of your shows. Like I said, I'll, I'll be in touch. Let's see which one. You coming out to Katy? Yeah, oh yeah, uh, I'll be in Katy, I think in July. I'll be out there at Star Cinema Grill in Katy. I'm gonna also do some, uh, I'm, I'm gonna send you the links of my first couple of specials. Watch them at home, check them out. If you laugh, come on out to the show. If you don't laugh, I'm sorry. I, I, I tried my best, I did my best. I, I'm coming out. All right. <laughs> that's, if you don't laugh, that's a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> Chindu, thanks man. Much love, man. You have a good one. Chinadu is the man. Go check out his comedy specials. Go check out his tour. As I mentioned in that interview, I'm going to go check him out when he's in Katy. That's for sure. Because um, I think he, he he's, he's probably killing it as a live performer as well. I mean, his videos are so good. But uh, I can't wait to see him on tour. Uh, go check out his stuff. He's great. And, if hey, if you can't see it there, check him out on Sports Extra every weekend in H-Town Rush three days a week. I believe it's three days a week now. Um, so whenever he's on there, he's got a lot of cool stuff talking about Houston and Houston sports. So loved having Chinadu. Thanks for, uh, stopping by buddy. And I think that's going to wrap it up. I hope you guys have a great weekend next week. We'll talk about the NFL draft. Who knows who will stop by the podcast. We'll see if I can round up some, uh, some names for you guys to listen to. And, uh, we will go from there. So thanks for tuning in until next time. See you later. Later.